Tuesday, November 7, 2023. My name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. For me, it's always about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Believe the gospel so you go to heaven and not hell. I want to touch on the idea of how to stop this anti-white agenda. And there's a lot of things that I've already baked into that, that other people have already baked into that, and you can't really get away from it. The world that we're in focuses on skin color because skin color is an easy, effective, very obvious tool to divide. And so if you really want to control people, if you really want to manipulate them, if you really want them to hate other people or to do this or to support this agenda or just beg the government for money so that you can hoodwink them, promise them that you will give them money, but then whenever you get into orifice, don't give them money so you just personally enrich yourself. That is a useful way to do it. And for decades, for a long time, the way that people look has been influenced to shape how they think about other people who look differently. This is obvious. Today, there is an anti-white agenda. White as in this, this guy, the people that look like this. People who look like me are considered white. And there absolutely is a psychological, demonic, religious bias and animus, which means hateful for those people who may not uh, think like me. Uh, (laughs) There's a hatred for white people. Yesterday, Steven Crowder released the uh, previously subverted, subjected, and hidden manifesto of Audrey Hale, the demon that is in hell because she murdered a bunch of people and she denied the gospel of Jesus Christ. So this murderer who murdered these Christians in Nashville wrote a manifesto and most of it was hinged upon the fact that she hated white people. They were privileged. She wanted to shoot them. And so the excerpts that Stephen Crowder released, we spoke about, I covered about on this live stream yesterday, but I want to follow up on that. I want to follow up on that because I don't think it is sufficient to just say this is a bad thing and that there's hate. Because Christ is king and because he's king, we need to get back to his word to figure out how to think about this stuff. Because if you're like me, let's say that you're a white dude or you're a white person, white woman, white man, or a white zur. If you look like me, there is a temptation to recognize the political bias and the social injustice that has been ramped up against white people, probably starting with Obama, saying America's racist and that's not who we are, and all this other kind of stuff. Then we saw the destruction of statues, which is really a repudiation of history. It is a re- We have seen a rejection of the zeitgeist. It's been exchanged for this uh, Marxist, Hegelian dialectic, us versus them, haves versus have-nots. It's communism. It's Marxism. It's these godless worldviews that have been marinating in college campuses and are now spilling over onto the streets. And there is a natural response whenever we see that 
to smash that. And I'm not going to say don't smash. I'm just going to, by God, present my opinion and my input so that the smash that we do to overcome and destroy evil is done in a loving Christian way. Amen. Four I want to get to that is Proverbs chapter 7, verse 1 through 5. My son, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live and my law as the apple of thine eye. That's the focus, the focus of your eye. The focus of what we should look at is what God says. Bind them on thy fingers, write them on the table of thine heart. Say unto wisdom, thou art my sister, and call understanding thy kinswoman, that they may keep thee from the strange woman. That's the adulteress. That's a whore. That's a, a you know a slut, right? Keep the keep them from the strange woman, from the stranger which flattereth with her words. If you read what God says and you bind them on your heart, you're not going to be led astray by people who are flattering you to go to ways unto destruction. I believe that it is a flattering deceit for people to appeal to skin color and the basis of skin color as the reason why people are different. Because that is so obvious that if you just blow right past that and, and grant the premise that people are fundamentally different, then there's implications there that you have to agree with, that you are now in a position where if you follow that presumption, you have to do stuff that will be unlawful and wrong, which is why we want to be very close about what we do. But before that, I want to point to this video right here. Let's watch Commentary Follows. 10 organic natural food companies that were bought out by huge corporations. Start with one of my favorites, Primal Kitchen, that was bought by Kraft Heinz Company. Garden of Life was bought by Nestle. Burt's Bees was bought by Clorox. Epic Provisions was bought by General Mills. Tom's of Maine was bought by Colgate. Applegate Farms was purchased by Hormel. Annie's Homegrown was bought by General Mills. Zico, who makes coconut water was purchased by Coca-Cola. Larabar was purchased by General Mills. And Honest Tea was purchased by Coca-Cola. You see, one of the problems in our world today is the fact that corporations are being used to lever governments and people. But corporations are just created entities. They're, fict they're fictitious. These corporations conduct business they consolidate themselves with money and then they buy off politicians to use government to punish their adversaries. One business that is an American manufacturing company that does not let globalists buy a seat at the table is available at patriotswitch.com slash Jaren, patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. See, there are companies that raise up, mom and pop companies. They get big. You might like their products. They do things that you like and they're not sold out. And then they sell out. The company that's the American manufacturer at patriotswitch.com slash Jaren does not. It's a private association. So the globalists don't even have the opportunity to buy themselves a seat at the table. If you spend money on household products, you might want to go ahead and just switch it over to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Sign up. To look at what this organization does, direct product purchase, products delivered right to your door, cancel anytime, no fees, no hassles to do so. If you don't like it, no big deal. But what you're doing 
is you're taking your money and you're voting against the globalists. You're, you're moving it to American manufacturing. You're banking on something that will last that won't be used against you in the future. Proverbs chapter 7 opens up with this idea to bind the words on your heart. And this is a recurring theme in the Bible. Now, I don't want Christians to miss this. I don't want political conservatives to miss this. Because the dog whistle of the anti-white agenda is anybody who looks like me, anybody that's white, is, is an oppressor, is somehow racist, is somehow using institutions against people. Now, of course, this Marxist perspective flips the bird to Jesus Christ. It begins with the presumption that there are haves and have-nots instead of recognizing that everything exists because God made it. So you see how the haves and have-nots starts on like letter C or D, and it doesn't look to letter A. It doesn't look at the beginning of things. It just kind of moves you past that. And one of the ways it does that, by invading through your eyes and your ears for the key terrain of the mind and the prize of the soul, is to get you to see obvious things. The obvious thing is that Jaron has pale, you know, fair, pasty white skin. I'm a white guy. And so because Jaron's a white guy, then you just got to load up all these, other, all these other ideas. Okay, right, white guys are racist. Black people can't be racist. White guys are, you know, vicious and brutal. Other people, they might be vicious and brutal, but they can if they're doing it against white people. This stupid, reductive, evil, anti-Christ perspective puts people in a box. Because it really denies who God is. Now, when the Proverbs is talking about bind these on your hearts so that you're not led astray by the adulterous woman, the strange woman. These are these worldly philosophies that when you hear them, they, they deceive you because they speak directly to your heart. And if your heart does not want God, then you're going to say, yeah, I am a white guy and all these black people have been rising up and getting uppity. Let's go smash them. Right? Like that is going to be a natural fleshly re reaction. And these godless commies know it. They absolutely know it. In fact, this is, uh, what's her face? Jen Psaki. Jen Psaki is the former failed spokeswoman for Joe Biden, whose brother happened to be a, fund, a hedge fund manager for a multi-billion dollar corporation. So you, you want to know, you know, makes you wonder how this, uh, this woman got her job. Anyway, here she is interviewing Stacey Abrams. And Instead of the substance and the fact that Stacey Abrams is just an abysmal candidate and she's just stupid and the people of Georgia rejected her, notice where they go to explain the failure. Go ahead. I wanted to ask you about the vice president because she has been under a huge amount of scrutiny through her entire time in office. I think there's a lot of reasons for this. But I want to ask you, as a prominent woman of color who's run for office, do you think she would be receiving these same critiques if she was a white man? No. No, not at all. No. We will always question the person behind the person. But we cannot ignore that misogyny and racism remain very prevalent in our politics. And for those behaviors that don't rise to either misogyny or racism, there's also just the difference. Our expectations are set for the traditional white male vice president <laughs> she's just dumb <laughs> kamala is, let, let me put this in let me mansplain this let me white mansplain this 
Kamala Harris sucks. She's a horrible vice president. And people are calling her out for being a horrible vice president. <laughs> and so Jen Psaki comes to Stacey Abrams. It's good! And she starts to say, um... People are saying that Kamala is, is bad. And we all know that this is probably because she's a woman of color. Do you agree? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> it's just, these women are dumb. <laughs> this is just... And could you imagine? Could you imagine the audience going, man, this is such good content. This is, this is affirming my beliefs. This is telling me what I should believe. This is actually good ideas. This is the truth. <laughs> They're so dumb. <laughs> this is not just restricted to women, right? I'm going to be an equal opportunist. Dumb is dumb. What I'm about to play for you is so much dumber than what you just saw. What you just saw was two politically motivated people. One woman was a member of the failed media trying to just keep her spot and fledgling ratings so that she can just you know, uh, continue to be the mouthpiece for godlessness. And the other woman is trying to get seeds, you know, seat of power, despite the fact that she imported Chicago to Atlanta and it failed her because, you know, she, she imported this corrupt, you know, election fraud machine and she clearly didn't run it the right way. <laughs> she couldn't even win an election she was rigging. <laughs> That's how dumb these are people. Anyway, anyway, all right. Hmm. These people... Are stupid but here is a man that is more stupid now listen to how he posits things I don't know if I'll be able to listen to this whole thing because this is really really stupid and dumb he this guy is the most Karen energy entity I've ever seen watch this there was plenty of booing uh, a woman called us stormtroopers oh he's a uh... <laughs> I'm already laughing. This you know, like when you ever have, uh, like I have, I have a son that whenever he's crying, like he's a baby, he does the little in and out. It's like he's. It reminds me of that. Um, but he's a little kid, so it's fine if he's in, if he's in pain. This dude's an adult at a J6 committee testifying about all the horrors that happened on that day. So just, just oh, this is keep going. Another woman who was part of the mob of terrorists laying siege to the capital of the United States shouted traitors. I backtracked and started pulling the terrorists off my team from their backpacks and their collars. Terrorists were breaking apart the metal fencing and bike racks into individual pieces, presumably to use as weapons. Terrorists were scaling the scaffolding on both our sides, the tower that was in front of us, and attempting to breach the waist-high metal fencing that was the only barrier we had aside from ourselves. The sea of people was punctuated throughout by flags, mostly variations of American flags and Trump flags. There was Gadsden flags. It was clear the terrorists perceived themselves to be Christians. <laughs> the terrorists perceived themselves to be Christians. All these Gadsden flags and American flags and Trump flags. So terrorists. <laughs> this is, is it just me? Or does he sound like a failed version of like Henry David Thoreau? Like the dude has to be a DC cop because he failed at being the, the kind of poet in an artistic society in upscale Manhattan. He couldn't bear the idea of having those stupid little glasses and like the flaxseed, you know, patched arm, you know, uh, jacket where he's like going, hmm, let me pontificate about stuff. Like this is his moment. <laughs> 
this is his moment to like just rattle off all this prose and and high language if put it this way if it happened if the if the j6 thing was an insurrection then it definitely wasn't going to stop if the security guards are of this caliber if the security guards of this caliber going, there's only the, the fence, is only the, the block, the people who are the Christians from us, and it was clear that they called us stormtroopers. I mean, it's like... <laughs> this, this guy makes Stacey Abrams look smart. Go ahead. I saw the Christian flag directly to my front. Another read, Jesus is my savior, Trump is my president. I saw the thin blue line flag. A symbol of support for law enforcement more than once being carried by the terrorists as they ignored our commands and continued to assault us. The acrid sting of CS gas or tear gas and OC spray, which is mace, hung in the air as the terrorists threw their own CS ga- threw our own CS gas canisters back at us. What? <laughs> what? So you're complaining about the acrid smell of the CS gas that's in my nostrils because you threw it against them and they threw it back to you. So you got a boomerang, and now you're complaining about your employment of non-lethal crowd suppression? Why were you trying to suppress the crowds? What were they doing? Oh, Anyway, I, I bring this up. I bring this up because this is weak feminism. Feminism can be in men just like it can be in women. This is not an anti-woman perspective. It's the idea that whenever strength is attacked... And this self-righteous, smug, pugnacious, holier-than-thou, no bad can happen to me. Oh no, the world has dirt in it. Like this type of perspective is the godlessness and wretchedness that sets up the situation whereby if you really just wanted to tick people off, you could say, hey, that dude's white and he's racist. Hey, that person's black. Look how they're doing stuff. They're eating watermelon or playing basketball. And it's like, oh man, it's, it is this trained hatred for people who don't look like you. And the Bible says that God made man in his image. In his image, he created them. We carry God's image. But this means that because we don't look the same, that doesn't mean that we carry God's image by looks. It means that we reflect our creator by attribute. In the sense that we can think, we're creative, we're social, we can, uh, you know, change and do stuff. We're called to have a mission for a purpose because our creator ain't a slouch. He ain't lazy. He's not someone that's just like, I don't care what goes on. No, we bear his image to have the dominion over the creation he made. So when people say, well, I'm made in God's image, and it's like, well, so is that guy that you're saying has a different skin color that you subtextually hate. This is wrong. So we first have to understand that there is absolutely an anti-white agenda. This next clip that I'm going to play is going to be hard. It will include curse words. I'm sorry I didn't get the time to clip it. So if you don't have, if you have children or students around you that you don't want to hear stuff, it's going to be quoting a bunch of newspaper articles and college professors. So if you want people to hear newspaper articles and college professors, you can. But it will include bad language and it will include concepts that are just hateful. But this is to demonstrate that the anti-white agenda is real. The anti-white agenda has been trained. 
The anti-white agenda has been taught and now it's spilling out onto the streets. Because Audrey Hale, the person in hell who shot up all those Christians, she said in her manifesto that she hated white people. She got that from somewhere. Someone taught her that. So here is an example of people teaching, college professors teaching the anti-white agenda. Texas A&M professor asks, when is it okay to kill whites? New York professor says having a white nuclear family promotes white supremacy. Professor tweets that white people should commit mass suicide. College professor says kill cops, kill all white people, and kill the straights. Professor says all I want for Christmas is white genocide. Georgetown professor says all white people are racist. Trinity College professor calls white people inhuman. Let them fucking die. College professor says believing in hard work is a white ideology. College professor says white people are conditioned to commit mass murder. A professor equates math with white privilege. A professor says white supremacist patriarchy is responsible for the Vegas shooting. Professors hold a white racism course at FGCU. USC professor calls for a holocaust against all white people. Professor says I'll teach my children to be cautious and distrust friendship with white people. Baltimore professor says white people need to personally give all of their money to black people. College College professor says some white people may have to die to solve racism. College professor says white masculinity is a problem for America. Georgetown professor says all white people are racist. Rutgers professor was taken to the NYC hospital for psychiatric evaluation after he tweeted threatening to kill white people. White professor calls all white people to mass suicide because of slavery. Here's a slide from a college classroom that says white tears on a mug. Here's another slide from a college classroom that says white people stay colonizing. White privilege does exist. Bigfoot, unicorns, reverse racism, what do they all have in common? Stating that reverse racism isn't real. Y'all white people are dangerous. The horror story. White people are a plague to the planet. Here's one that says white people are crazy. And finally, how white people plagued... Right. There is an obvious anti-white agenda. So this, for me, begs the question, how do you respond to it? Because this person right here, who is in hell, killed Christians. Because they were white. Her heart was so hard, and her brain was so evil, her heart was so evil, and her brain facilitated that evil through the planning, preparation, logistical uh, supply, and the execution, the operational execution of killing people, murdering them. She did it on purpose. So how do we respond to it? This is where I want to get nuanced. Because right now there will be people who will say demographics is destiny. They will even point to genetic differences. They will say that, well, black people have a lower IQ, which is true. They will point out that Asian people are better at math, which is true. They will point out genetic differences and say that these genetic differences should be realistically, soberly, scholarly, and publicly stated. That the subtext is that you can't say that there's difference in IQ or more people are prone to violence or more people do X, Y, and Z. Because if you say that, right? If you say that black people have a lower IQ gen gen uh, generally, which is true, that means, there, so, so you can't, you're not allowed to say that. If you say that, it follows then that you would say, well, black people are stupid. And because black people are stupid, we have to have some type of law specifically against them. First of all, you can recognize that someone can have lower IQ than you, but that doesn't 
attribute to their uh, humility. It doesn't go to their wisdom. It doesn't go to their behavior. It doesn't go to those things. But there will be people who point to FBI crime statistics and they will say that black people are 13% of the population but account for like 50% of the crimes. And they will take that data and attribute attribute to it causality. Saying because black people have lower IQ and they're more angry and more violent that they do more stuff. I believe that there's a logical fallacy in there. The logical fallacy is one, it's, it's a genetic fallacy. So the observable data, right? The observable data that you have. And there's I, I, the point that I'm trying to make is not to get one into data, but to recognize that the differences that we have are designed by God. And by if God's designing differences, then we need to first go to him to understand what those differences mean and, and how they uh, glorify him instead of accepting those differences and then twisting them or torting them to where they can be used or weaponized. And this is where I want to take a difference with someone that I generally disagree, uh, generally agree with, Andrew Torba. He posted on his stuff today where he said, we are at, he posted this, he says, we are at war. So Dale Upright obviously did this on Gap, but Andrew Torba did this. He says, we are at war, but not with each other. And it's got the picture of a Catholic dude on the left. Um, I guess that's like some other guy with a collar in the middle. And then, uh, you know, what's that? Like an Eastern Orthodox guy? I guess, I, I don't know. I don't know. But it's it's saying Christianity. Like these are all examples of Christianity. Now this is where I want to draw very specific nuance. Because clearly this meme is oriented towards Islam. It's oriented towards Muslims. And this is where, and if you do not begin your, your thinking with the Bible, you're going to very quickly find yourself uh, deceived and strayed off to uh, an adulterous way of thinking adulterous and idolatrous way of thinking in this case because every man is made in god's image and woman is made in god's image god you know made provision for them for them to believe the gospel whenever jesus died on the cross and if they if you preach the gospel and they believe the gospel then they are born again and when they're born again they will because the holy spirit will that's his work he will convict them of sin and have them uh, conform to the mind of christ so that they will obey this is the Christian uh, promise. This, this is what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that. So if the Bible is teaching sanctification once you are born again, then the Christian has a mission of reconciliation so that people are born again so that they become more Christ-like. We are constantly in the process of transforming into Jesus, transforming and getting closer, conforming to his image. That's the whole point. And I believe Jesus is is going to be victorious. He will get what he wants. But if you don't believe that, then you will start to bifurcate. You'll start to separate out, okay, black people there, white people there, Muslims here. You know, you will start to use non-Bible labels, non-Bible labels to, to separate people out. It is true that Islam is demonic. Muslims are gonna go to hell because they, they have sinned and they deny Christ. Period. Cross-apply Jews, cross-apply atheists. If anyone does not believe the gospel, they have already sinned, and Jesus says they stay, they stand condemned already. This is what the Bible teaches. 
Now, the reason why this is important is that as people are being bombarded by skin color, bombarded by race, bombarded by subtextual presentations of data collected that gives correlations to make very obvious inferences and conclusions, you can very easily say small, small part of, uh, of the population, but a disproportionately large percentage of violent crimes, therefore those people need to be punished or need to be uh, regulated more or criminalized or whatever. What that does not do, seeing a small portion of the population, a disproportionate size of violent crimes, does not lend you automatically to the Bible. That's my point. My point is the presentation of difference is always construed so that it always distracts from the Bible. And because the differences are never anchored or contextualized with what the Bible says, then people aren't going to, by nature, look to what the Bible says in order to figure out how to ameliorate differences with people that don't look like them. Those college professors hate Jesus. They ain't never going to look to the Bible to figure out how to deal with people like me. They're going to look to the government and think of themselves, or think of, you know, imagine for themselves, guns, or prisons, or jackboots. The, the same jackboots that don't smash them, that they think smash them, they would want to gain power to use those same jackboots that aren't smashing them to smash me. They want to take power that they think is being unjustly used against them so that they can then use it in vengeance against people that they think are harming them today. Haves, have nots. So there's a sense of justice that they've warped that because they don't anchor it to the Bible, they are zealously pursuing power. The godless commies on the left do this so very well because they're shameless. Their God is themselves. Their God is government, so they pursue this power shamelessly. People on the right still have a semblance of God, which is why they're more reluctant to go after the power because they recognize, well, you know, we're not supposed to get involved because kind of God, God's in charge. And this is where bad doctrine and bad theology smash stuff. But it doesn't answer the question, what are we supposed to do with something like this? How are we supposed to respond to this? How do we... As Christians, white people, people on the right, Americans, how do we respond to this? Because it's not going to be this. Are you really going to go around and say, we're at, we are at war, but not with each other? Well, I mean, I'm at war with myself. Paul says frequently, or he says in Romans 7, he's like, um, it's, it's, you know, he fights with his flesh. 1 Corinthians 9.27, he says he punches himself. He, he beats himself into submission. Right? He, he, um, he is at war with the flesh. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We don't war like the flesh. So how do we respond to this? We live here. And this is where I think that some Christians or some patriots or conservatives, however you say it, some people might get you here. But they might not specify the remedy. I want to specify the remedy. I want solutions. I don't want to just look at this white girl named Audrey Hale who thinks she's a boy and goes and murders Christians at a private Presbyterian school and look at that and say, well, there's no anti-white agenda. Because there obviously is. That demon was trained to murder and she murdered. So then you look at the people who are doing the training, the college professors. How do you get after them? How do you go after that worldview? 
This is where I believe that people need to learn the fundamental law. Those colleges are entities. Those entities cannot teach things that go against people's rights. If you're teaching that people should rape or murder or, you know, all that video said, like, do those things. You can't do that stuff. There's a violence there. You're held, you're accountable for that stuff. Now, if you do that as part of an entity, that entity can be administratively dissolved. That entity cannot stand and educate against the historical uh, model of what education means. Where'd that book go? Um, if I can, yeah, it's right here. Hold on, hold on. I got, I got in the mail yesterday the American Dictionary of the English Language, right? I haven't even taken it out of the little wrapping. Now, this is, this is a, a, a facsimile copy of Noah Webster's first edition. The reason why that's important is that your constitutions have words. Words are the, are the building blocks of thoughts. Words have meaning. When your constitutions were written, they block any, um, any development of the law. They block the law from emerging. So like when the Bible says what the Bible says, it says what the Bible says. When the Constitution says what the Constitution says, it says what the Constitution says. You can't grow the law. You can't shrink the law. You can't change the law unless you obey to how the Constitution says how to change the law. This means that whenever the Constitution has a word, it means what it meant when it was written as it was ratified. It does not mean as it's written today. So if your state constitutions talk about education, go back to when your state was ratified or state constitution was ratified and look up for those words at that time what education meant for them then. That's the historical analysis method. That is how we know what words mean. I want to point to you, direct your attention to a woman named Leah Cushman. Leah Cushman is a state representative in the state of New Hampshire, and she has this video. She said this on October last week or two weeks ago, something like this, but this is beautiful. This woman absolutely knows what the fundamental law is. We'll discuss this after. Go ahead. Chair, recognize Representative Cushman. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, for recognizing me. Thank you, uh, fellow legislators. Uh, everyone in this chamber swore an oath to uphold the New Hampshire, New, Hampshire State Con New, Hampshire, New Hampshire State Constitution. In part one, the people reserve for themselves certain rights that government shall make no laws to violate. All laws republic repugnant to the Constitution are null and void. We've all heard that. The Supreme Court recently has said that the historical analysis method is to be used to determine the intent of the law or the Constitution. This means that what the usages and customs of the time the law or Constitution was written determines how that law applies today. Part 1, Article 2 of the New Hampshire State Constitution says, the people have a right to give instructions to their representatives. Webster's Dictionary of the American English Language of 1828 defines instruct as to give notice and also to impart knowledge or educate and also to direct or command to furnish with orders. Article 38 of part one says, quote, the people, they have a right to require of their lawgivers and magistrate 
and exact and constant observance of the fundamental principles of the Constitution. Article 8 of Part 1 says, all power residing originally in and being derived from the people, all the magistrates and officers of government are their substitutes and agents, and at all times accountable to them. Some have said that, well, being accountable means every two years the people have an election and they vote on us by, um, they vote on us and expect us to hold our campaign promises, hold to them. I don't find that concept anywhere in writing in the Constitution or the actual law. And I don't see how that squares with Part 1, Article 8, that says agents are accountable at all times, nor Part 1, Article 38, that says exact and constant. In reality, the people have the right to instruct us as their agents when it comes to protecting their constitutional rights. That's our primary job. They have the right to provide us notice of a violation of their rights that we swore to protect and to instruct us in remedying those violations insofar as it's within our authority that they granted to us in the Constitution in Part 2. They can't tell us to stand on our heads, but they can provide us notice that a state agency is violating rights and is in need of correction. They can instruct us to take action to rectify the situation with the powers that we have been given by them. The people have a right to constant observance of the law by their magistrates. And when constitutional rights are violated, we magistrates have a duty under our oath to assist and make it right. If we ignore pleas for help and continue to let people's rights be violated, if later they do take it to court and it's found their rights were violated and we knew and did nothing, we were given notice and said, I don't have to do what you say and didn't give any evidence to that fact. If we can't show that we don't have to, then we become culpable. We violated our oath, and now we're a part of denying the people their rights. We were derelict in our duty, and that is maladministration, and with notice, it can rise to the level of malice. We can be held accountable, and notices have been used in court to prove that a defendant has no plausible deniability. So let's get back to the basics of our true purpose here in this body, the, the securing of the constitutional inalienable rights of the people. Thank you. Yeah, amen. Uh, that woman is speaking the truth because she's pointing to the law. Now, this is where I want to point out that your anger and your emotion for the anti-white agenda, right? You have this right here. She let anger control her. There was even a portion of her manifesto where she says, let my wrath, let my anxiety give way to my wrath or something like that. Anger controlled this demon. And so anger controlling this demon got murder. If the response to this demon is anger, if that anger is not grounded in righteousness, then all you have is more lawlessness. I submit to you, it is not difficult to shoot somebody. It is not hard to kill people. And I believe that there's a lot of folks that see the evil that's going on in the world and rightly they want justice. Amen. We're made in God's image. God loves justice. Of course we should want justice. It's interesting and necessary to point out the standard that we use for justice. Are we using the Bible or are we using our standard? 
because he's got this commie college professors saying white people are colonizers and white people are doing all this. They ain't using the Bible standard. They are using their standard. They are idolaters giving way to their anger so that they can, with malice, destroy and, and do bad things to other people. I am not like them. I'm not going to do what they do. I'm also not going to just let bad stuff happen, which is usually the weak straw man that I get. Now, remember that DC cop that was saying, oh, someone called me a stormtrooper. That's feminism. It is also feminism to hear what I say whenever I say, I don't want to be like the college professors that are just giving away to my anger. It is a feminist reductio to say, well, Jan, you're just going to let people do stuff? That's dumb. That's irrational. That's also a feminist uh, jab uh, trying to get people provoked to action. You don't provoke me to action by saying, well, you're just not going to do nothing? No, 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 no. No, because what that's doing, it's calling into it's calling into question who I am and what I believe. I don't have to announce to the world my intentions. I don't have to say, if you cross this red line, I'm going to do X. How about I just walk as though I have authority? How about I walk in the, in the security and comfort of the power that I know that I have? Why do I have to give someone a bullet point list? If you do this, I do this. If you do this, I do this. If you do this, I do this. How about we declare the law, say what's right and wrong, and take action? Because that state representative, Leah Cushman, she did not come to that conclusion on her own. She has been learning, and she has been learning with people who are students of Dave Jose, and there are more people doing this. Now think about this. If lawmakers looked at what the Constitution said, and if lawmakers agreeing with what the Constitution says, start using government to defend the Constitution, then when college professors say out loud, hey, you guys can't do stuff. Well, the levers of power are already obeying the Constitution, which means the government is doing what the law says and now you're doing something which is inciting the public or breaching the public peace. You're teaching lawlessness. You are purposefully subverting the rule of law. You sure you want to do that? See, people who use their anger and give way to their anger, not only are they giving themselves to demons to just do whatever they want, like Audrey Hale, who's in hell, but they're also denying the fact that there's wisdom that's greater than just rising up and shooting whoever you want to in the face. And this is where the people who hear what I say, who hate Jesus, and you know me for whatever reason, <laughs> who hate me or Jesus or whatever, they'll misconstrue what I say and they'll weaponize it to conclude some punchy, out of context you know, uh, line, and then they'll blast it off everywhere else. There was some uh, Christ hater on Twitter today who looked at the notice of uh, the case to dismiss, the thing that I put out here last week to the Oklahoma Supreme Court where I laid out what the notice says. This person tagged some you know, law professor who's a, a professor of law and goes against sovereign citizens, which I'm not a sovereign citizen. That's a hoax. They got junk law. I, I don't do that. We do the fundamental law. Uh, the fundamental law is the state constitutions, the maxims pointing to the text of the constitution and standing on it and demanding people stand on the law. That's fundamental. 
So this ain't sovereign citizen stuff, but this person's tweeting out this college professor going, hey, look at this guy. He's a sovereign citizen. I was like, you know what? Yeah, let's let you pray to your God. Bring your God. Does your God want to come live? Does that college professor want to come live and answer what the law is? Let, let's do it. Bring it. Does any judge, does any attorney, does the uh, Chief Justice of the Oklahoma Supreme Court, M. John Cain IV, does he want to come live? Does he want to call? Does he want to speak to me and ask what the fundamental law is? Does he want to ask me what the law is? Do we really want to talk about what the Constitution says and what the law is? Because when you do this, here's what happens. Right now, there is an idolatry. I've said that the idol is government. Government as the idol relies on people not knowing truth. And so when truth competes with this lie, the lie will deploy and employ all sorts of tools and various levers to keep the truth from getting out. Do death threats, cancel your social media account, say stuff about you and in other spheres or other domains will do whatever is possible in order to deny and hide the truth. But that doesn't change the truth. It also doesn't respond to the truth. So when you have people like Audrey Hale, who is in hell, when you have people like her murder other people and then her manifesto is released to the public, which by the way, it wasn't released by the uh, police and it certainly wasn't scooped by the local media, which should point to their motivations. I mean, why didn't you guys want this out there? When the families were, were, were still grieving, murdered loved ones, why didn't you guys publish and put out there in the public domain what you knew she wrote? It's because people in power understand that if white people realize that the hate against them is so brazen, they're afraid of a rising up. I'm over here going, I'm praying for the rising up, but I don't want a rising up that's militia focused or gun focused or violence focused. I want a rising up where we realize we look to Christ, we look to the wisdom, we understand what the law is, and we're going to tell the people in charge what the law is, and we're going to demand they stand on it. And then by God's wisdom, on his timing, by his movement, not ours, things change. And I believe that the Supremes have flipped. I believe that the federal courts are starting to flip. I believe that there is a return to the law in this nation. You might not believe me, that's fine. Our attention spans have been trained away. Our, the way that we think is, is full of bad knowledge and deceit where people will ask questions that have folly baked into it and they don't know that they're not using the truth when they ask the question. So when someone asks a question and it's not answered the way that they expect it to be, they get upset that somehow someone's dodging their question when the nature of their question betrays truth and logic. If you ask a bad question, I don't want to answer your stupid question. I mean, what if that Karen guy, the DC cop, is sitting here going, they were calling me Stormtrooper? Is that against the law? Can they call you a Stormtrooper? Yeah. <laughs> yes, they can. They can call you a lot worse if they wanted to. Can they carry the Gadsden flag? Yeah. Yes, they can. Can, can they call themselves Christians? Yes. 
Yes, they can. So this dude is testifying with a tone of adversary against people that are freely exercising their secured rights. And not a one person goes against him because the tone is supposed to presuppose that him testifying about the J6 insurrection is what? Somehow evidence of lawlessness? When all he's doing is bitching and complaining that people are doing what it is they're allowed to do? This is dumb. And so whenever you say what the law is, you're actually going against the idol. You're actually attacking the idol. And I argue that's way more effective from a, from a generational perspective, from a national perspective, and from an, just an internal, internal peace. If you, let's put it this way, if you are a white person, if you're a white male Christian, and the entire world is calling you evil and racist and homophobe and all these other things, there's anger there. There's absolutely anger there because you know it's not true. And even if it were true, you know it's unfair with how unjust it's being applied about you. I'm not that white guy. I'm this white guy. <laughs> like I'm me. I'm not them. Right? Justice is supposed to be case by case. So you hate those ideas and you reject those ideas. But let's say that here's your alternatives. Do I rise up and shoot someone in the face by and giving way to my anger? Or do I look to alternatives? Do I focus on my work and build my capacity for self-government? Uh, do I build out my community by doing live local? Do I serve my church? Do I bless my kids? Do I train them the way that they should live, which means looking to the Bible? So that way when they grow up, they don't depart from it. Do I go and I govern my government by giving notice of affidavit or notice and affidavit of the fundamental law? Do I have those conversations bringing those lawmakers to a uh, recurrence of fundamental law? Do I look to what the Bible says? Do I look to what the Constitution says? Or do I go ahead and just get mad and complain and bitch and potentially rise up and shoot somebody in the face? And this is where people will say, well, but you have to respond to this. You have to push back. You have to do these things. That's what I'm advocating. I'm advocating... Christ's wisdom and truth and knowledge. I'm not advocating the Audrey Hale option disguised as a patriot. I'm not going to say, I'm a Christian, let's go ahead and grab guns and go to war. No, you can have your gun and you should absolutely defend your property, defend your community, defend your home and your family. But do you have a good relationship with your family? Do you have a good relationship with your community? Is your community one, understanding the law and their right, is able to organize, to uh, pose military force and manifest military force in real time? Have you practiced that? Have you developed that relationship? Have you, have you raised that level of awareness that the exercise of right is free, but that they have to exercise it in order for it to have consequence? Because if you haven't, then you're just complaining. You're just complaining about stuff. I hope that makes sense. I think it does. Um, I want to point out this, and this is just speaking again to Christ's wisdom. Yesterday on Truth Social, President Trump re-truthed this from Janel Brandgen. Brand, Brand I don't know how to say that. Janelle Brandgen is a state rep from Wisconsin. This is from yesterday. She's writing, State Representative Janelle Brangen, this is a press release, from Menominee Falls, released the following statements regarding Speaker Voss, who's the Speaker of the House in Wisconsin, 
uh, latest attempt to, at protecting Megan Wolf. Megan Wolf is the um, deleterious, maladministrating election fraud official. La- quote, last week, Speaker Voss continued his support of the WEC administrator, Megan Wolf, by asserting the need to adhere to the Constitution and wait for a court ruling. Notice uh, this is going to be beautiful. It is worth noting that impeachment powers were exclusively granted to the legislature and operate within a system of checks and balances. It's crucial to recognize that impeachment was not a subject of discussion in the lawsuit. Instead, the constraints address the appointment powers. Impeachment is not a judicial proceeding, and therefore the Madison court cannot make references to a process over which it holds no authority. Question. Where do you think this woman started thinking and talking like this? Do you think that there's someone in Wisconsin that is telling this woman what the fundamental law is? And President Trump retruthed it. So if there's an unknown person named Summer or Clint who's sending notice to people in Wisconsin about what the law is, then when the people who agree with the fundamental law, because they've already sworn to it, start to take action on it and start to proceed with impeachment proceedings against elected officials or appointed officials, which is the right of the House of Representatives because it's a granted power in the Constitution, then when the Speaker of the House wants to protect the power of the fraudulent election administrator, the Speaker of the House does a uh, Indiana Jones exchange the bag of sand for the golden idol type of thing. He gaslights the people by saying, we got to wait for this court proceeding. To which the woman responds, the representative responds, the patriot responds with the fundamental law. And she says, no, we're granted these powers. The courts ain't. The courts have no say in this. And that's what the Constitution says. So you see how a basic understanding of the law deliberately directly impacts real life now i'll grant you i'll I'll concede the fact that it is an uphill battle it is absolutely an uphill battle and that's because for decades we've been deceived we've been led astray this is where i was saying in in proverbs chapter 7 verse 5 or verse 4 say unto wisdom thou art my sister and call understanding thy kinswoman that they that thou that they may keep thee from this strange woman from this stranger which flattereth with her words Strangers are flattering lawmakers and government officials with their words. Lawyers have created a block between government and the people so that government is elevated as an idol so that lawyers have controversy in law so they can make money in courts. And because people have been taught bad law and have bad education, they don't know how to defend themselves, which is why whenever they be, they're brought into these uh, negotiations, these contract commercial opportunities, they think, well, what's the law? And they go to the stupid freaking statute. Well, how does the statute trespass your guaranteed rights? Your guaranteed rights precede the, the legislature. The legislature can't write statutes that derogate your rights. Why? Because the freaking Constitution says they can. But if you don't know this, you can't express this. You can't say this. So now that people do know it, and they're telling their lawmakers, their lawmakers are going after bad actors. And when these bad actors do this, look at what reads. Let's continue. This marks the second instance in which the speaker has seemingly misconstrued the impeachment process. The first occurred when he led members to believe that a two-thirds majority was required to impeach Wolf after Senator Kapinga had requested Voss to initiate Wolf's impeachment. The pressing question now is, why is Speaker Voss so committed to safeguarding Wolf that he is willing to misrepresent the legislator's authority and the Constitution to retain her in her position? 
boom! Wolf has violated the law, not just with the Tiagan case ruled upon by the Wisconsin Supreme Court, but also in her mismanagement of elections, which could constitute legitimate grounds for her removal under the Constitution. Mic drop. This woman is learning from regular people sending her notice and affidavit. And the power of looking at what the fundamental law is will break stuff. But just because it's not immediate doesn't mean it's not worth it and doesn't mean it's not true. And so if you have an anti-white agenda, which there is, there's racial differences, there's genetic differences, there are. The Bible says that all men are created in God's image. The Bible says that Jesus Christ died on the cross to save the world, John 3, 16, 17. If you don't believe the gospel, you're condemned already because you're a sinner. Which doesn't mean that if you're a Jew, you're going to go to hell because you're a Jew. You're going to go to hell because you've sinned and you don't believe the gospel. If you're a Muslim, you don't go to hell because you're a Muslim. You go to hell because you're a sinner who didn't believe the gospel. If you are, if you think that you're a Christian and you haven't actually repented, been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and you don't actually do what Jesus tells you to do, how do you know that you're saved? If Jesus tells you to do something and you don't do it, how do you know that he's going to give you salvation? People raise up all sorts of explanations for themselves that don't come from the Bible. And this lack of discipline is really deception because there's some strange, adulterous woman leading, leading them away into deception. And the more that they just give way to their anger, the more that they will be convinced of their rightness and they will never hear the truth. I believe it is time for Christians to look to the Bible, to realize the Bible is true, Christ is king, our founders believe the exact same thing, which is why they gave us constitutions, and so in likewise manner, much you know, different, right? Like God's way up there, no one approaches them, but in like manner, in a mirrored effect, the law of the constitution is the authority. And that's where we're looking at the law to bring that into make change in public life. The Live Local Field Manual speaks about specific action steps to take in your communities with your people to do these things. But yet people want to look at Audrey Hale and they want to say, well, we got to, there's an anti-white agenda. Well, yeah, yes, there absolutely is. But what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? You're just going to go shoot black people? You're going to go shoot college professors? What, what are you going to do? You're going to use violence? You're just going to share stuff on social media? You're going to get more bitter and angry? Like, what is it that you're going to do? What are you going to do about it? Well, well, Jared, people need to know that genetic differences exist. Okay, got it. Well, of course they exist. They don't look like me. That right there is, is an essence of genetic, of, of genes. Well, Jared, did you know that they're, they're lower IQ and so they're higher proportion of violent crimes? Okay. Can they be born again and their behavior change when they're convicted of sin? Can the, can, the, can the Holy Spirit conform their mind to the way that Christ thinks? Do you have to be a freaking smart, gee whiz, rocket scientist in order to go to heaven? Or can you be dumb? Can you be poor? Can you be someone who doesn't have followers on Twitter? Can you be somebody who lives under a bridge and never has any massive impact in the world at all and go to heaven? Is it possible for you, let's just say randomly, 
to be hanging on a cross as a convicted thief, being punished for your sins justly, look to Jesus and say, remember me when you come into your kingdom and him save you? Is that possible? Well, physically not, because he's not going to die again. But the point is, look to Christ for your salvation. And because he is good, because he is good, he's going to have more power and better wisdom than all the things that you bring up that don't stack with scripture. The response to the anti-white agenda is the gospel. The gospel gets you Christ's wisdom. Christ's wisdom gets you good government. Good government gets you the ability to respond when people are aggressing against you. These things follow. These things build. These things stack. But when we give our anger away to what we want, like Audrey Hale, it's going to be exactly like the murders she did, just in a different fashion, by a different look, with a different gloss on it. And I ain't about that. I'm not about that at all. The gospel matters the most. It is the mission. It is the way that you are saved. Shortly, it is believing in Jesus' death, that he died for your sins. All your sins, past, present, future, were nailed on him on that cross. When you believe that he took God's wrath in your place, that he was physically dead, physically buried, and physically rose from the grave, you believe that he is God. You believe that he is the only way. Believing the gospel is the only way to go to heaven. You believe that when that happens, and you believe that and you trust in him for your salvation, you will repent of your sin because your sin is what stapled him to the cross. You will repent of your sin because that's what he died for. And you're no longer going to be subjected to your sin. You're going to be subjected to Jesus. If you die and you go into baptism with Christ, you die the, the death that Christ died. And Christ has already died for that sin. So why would you continue in your sin? This is what repentance is. It's turning the other direction and going the other direction. You're not going to do the things that are sinful. When you do, you will recognize it, turn around, ask for forgiveness, and continue to walk away. You will be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. This is important. This is important because, one, Christ commands it. Two, it's also this idea that this is the physical conquest of Christ over sin in your life. It is the debarkation of, I am no longer the old way. I am now something new. I'm a new creation. Believe the gospel, my friends. It is the only way to go to heaven. Appreciate your time. Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow. But before then, I want to talk about how you can help me with going to the private association of HumbleWB.Coffee. I got it right here, actually. This is my bag of Humble. This is Humble Blend. And it's got on the sides these uh, Bible verses, right? And all these Bible verses are going to be pointing to Humble, Humility. I named it Humble Whole Bean Coffee because it is whole bean coffee. The logo has a crown of thorns around it, right? I named it Humble because the attribute of Christ that I find most powerful is his humility. Uh, Philippians chapter 2 talks about that, um, where Jesus, being God, didn't consider it robbery uh, to, to call himself God, but he chose to come in the flesh as less than angels. Could you imagine making the angels, having them serve you, and then you taking on flesh to be lower than them, even though you're not, and still going along with stuff that 
treats you as though you're worse and lesser than one of the angels. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's humility. That's humility. Anyway, humblewb.coffee, humblewb.coffee. It is air roasted coffee. It's delicious. There's no additives. There's no preservatives. There's nothing added to it. It's organic, uh, delivered right to your door. It's a private association, not in commerce. The service, well, it's not a service. It is an association. It's a very distinct thing in the law. Amen. And then obviously you've got the patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Take the shopping that you're already doing and switch it over. We spoke about this. This is an opportunity to bless me. It's an opportunity to make your supply lines resilient. And it's an opportunity to take the money that you're spending away from the godless commies and put it into American manufacturing, which I think is a good idea. That is available at patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Appreciate your time, Lord willing. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, I am Jaron Jackson. I do love America. Do not quit. Go to war.